Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. If you've got your Bibles, won't you turn with me to John chapter 3. We're in John chapter 3 as we're slowly making our way through John's Gospel. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So, so much suffering and evil happens in the world. There's so much fighting and uh, so many broken relations that we are often left wondering, why is the world in such a mess? And actually, the, the root problem to all the world's problems, the root issue is human selfishness and greed. There, there is evil in our heart. There is, our hearts are, are selfish and greedy. And that includes my heart. See, the heart of the problem is, is the problem of the human heart heart. And so what's, what's the solution? Well, there's, there, there are two ways we could try and deal with the problem of the heart. There are two ways we could try to clean the heart. We could either try to clean the heart from the inside out or from the outside in. And the Pharisees, that's that Jewish group, that very strict, conservative Jewish pressure group, they believed that the way you achieved holiness was from the outside in. If you could get the outside doing the right thing, then eventually the heart would catch up. And look, we often do the same. Do we just come to church when our heart is ready to worship? No. Sometimes we have to drag ourselves to church. And I'm the pastor. But as soon as we get to church, as soon as we hear, we, we, we love it. You see, if you get the outside doing the right thing, eventually the heart will catch up. And so the, the, the Pharisees are fanatical about this. They are absolutely obsessed with, with obeying the law of Moses, that's the Ten Commandments and so on, in the strictest way possible. And so they've got their rabbis to, to 
develop many, many, many rules to ensure that they obey in the law of Moses to the minutest detail. So they would have rules for eating, rules for washing. They even had rules for tithing their herbs. They had rules for this, rules for that. You get the idea. Everything had to be kosher. Because they believed that they could get the outside right. Eventually their heart would catch up. Jesus, however, Jesus believes that, that holiness doesn't work from the outside in, but from the inside out. Because it's what's inside your heart that is really important. And that's our problem. Our problem is with our heart. Our heart is the problem. Our hearts are selfish and greedy. So what's the solution? Well, we need a new heart. We need a clean heart. What we need is we need to be born again. How can we be born again? How can we receive this new heart? Well, we find out in John chapter 3. In, in John chapter 3, Jesus has this encounter with a guy by the name of Nicodemus. And in verse 1, we discover that Nicodemus is not only a Pharisee, but he's also a member of the Jewish ruling council. And to be a member of the Jewish ruling council is, um, is kind of the equivalent of being an MP today, a member of parliament. Uh, the, 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 the Jewish ruling council is kind of like the, the, the Supreme Court. And only priests, rabbis, and elders from the most influential families could be a member of the Jewish ruling council. And so Nicodemus is obviously very wealthy and highly, highly influential. And we discover in verse 10, one more, uh, that he is also Israel's teacher. He is the respected teacher of Israel. It's kind of like he's a professor of divinity at the University of Jerusalem. And we read in verse 2, he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. He came to Jesus at night. That's why we couldn't see the video. It was all dark. He came to Jesus at night. That's an odd detail to add. Why does he come to Jesus at night under the cover of darkness? Well, you see, he didn't want other people to know that he, this respected teacher of Israel, this great rabbi, was coming to Jesus to ask him questions. And so he comes under the cover of darkness. But he's clearly seen something in Jesus. He's an honest seeker. He's seen something in Jesus. You see, he teaches classes at the university about how God performs miracles. But over here, Jesus is actually performing the miracles. And he knows no one can do that unless God has sent them. And so he's an honest seeker coming to Jesus because he wants to know what Jesus is teaching. And he says, 
when he comes to Jesus, he comes at night and he, he says to Jesus, Rabbi, this great rabbi, this teacher of Israel addresses Jesus as rabbi. Very respectful. And then he says, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. Now this is how a disciple would, would address their rabbi when they were about to ask a question. But before Nicodemus even gets to ask his question, Jesus interrupts. In fact, he never gets to ask his question because Jesus interrupts. And we read in verse 3, Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Like, like where, where did that come from? It's as if Jesus sees exactly where Nicodemus is going. He realizes that Nicodemus is going to ask him a question, very similar to the question that the rich young ruler asked in, in Mark chapter 10 and verse 17, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You see, in Jewish thought, eternal life, to inherit eternal life and, and to inherit the kingdom of God is the same thing. The way we would phrase that question would be, what must I do to be saved? And in those days, all the rabbis had their own teaching on what you actually had to do, what rules you had to obey in order to inherit the kingdom of God. And so Nicodemus is coming to Jesus in the cover of darkness to, ask, to find out about Jesus' teaching, to find out what exactly Jesus says you have to do, what are the rules you need to obey. And Jesus is basically saying, look, I'm going to stop you right there. No one can even see the kingdom of God, let alone inherit the kingdom of God, unless they are born again. And he's absolutely emphatic about this. He says it three times. He says it again in, in verse 5. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. And then in verse 7, he says it again. He just simply says, you must be born again. Why is he so emphatic about this? Well, for two reasons. Uh, two, two reasons. There are two reasons why uh, the, the Pharisees in those days used to believe that they would inherit the kingdom of God. And the first reason was because they were born Jewish. They believed this was their birthright. And secondly, because they obeyed all of God's rules. And Jesus is basically saying that's not enough. Being born Jewish is not enough because it doesn't deal with the issue of your heart. Obeying all these rules is not enough because it too doesn't deal with the issue of your heart. What we need is a new heart. We need to be born again. And, and many people today would say, well, I, you know, I, I would be okay with God because I'm a Christian. I, I was born in Britain. Britain's a Christian country. I'll be okay because I was born into a Christian family. My, my parents are Christian. Jesus is saying that's not enough. It doesn't matter where you were born. 
You need to be born again. Others will say, well, I'm definitely okay with God because you know, I'm a good, decent person. Sure, I'm not perfect, I make mistakes, but I'm a good person, I'm a decent person, so if there is a God, he would be happy with me. And again, Jesus is saying, that's not enough. You need to be born again. You, you can be following all these rules, you can be doing all this good stuff, but it still doesn't deal with your heart with that selfishness and that greed in your heart. What we need is a new heart. What we need is a complete spiritual transformation. We need to be born again. How are we born again? Well, it's an act of God. Very interestingly, uh, the, the phrase born again, the word that's translated again, could also be translated from above. And so some have said, okay, well, it's, you know, this, this should definitely be translated born again. And others will say, no, the best translation is, is born from above. Well, I think it's both. We need to be born again from above. This is an act of God who brings about a new birth in us. This becomes very clear when uh, Nicodemus uh, continues the conversation in verse 4. Next one. Uh, and Nicodemus says, how, how can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born? Now, Nicodemus is not some diehard literalist. He understands that Jesus is speaking metaphorically. And what he's saying, using the same metaphor, is that this is impossible. This is humanly impossible. A whole new beginning? No one can do that. I mean, we can do a lot of things, but a whole new beginning, a whole new heart? That's humanly impossible. And, and of course, he's, he's right. And, and Jesus goes on to say in verse 5, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. But the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. And over here, Jesus is essentially saying to Nicodemus, you're right. This is humanly impossible. Only Flesh can only give birth to flesh. A, a, a spiritual transformation. Humans can't produce a spiritual transformation by just trying harder, working harder. In order to have a spiritual transformation... We need the work of the Spirit. We need to be born of the Spirit. This is an act of God that transforms us from the inside out and makes us into a new creation where we have a new heart. Now the, the phrase, born of water and spirit, if you go to the next slide, the phrase, born of water and spirit, uh, is highly debated on what it actually means. Um, particularly the water part. And so some have suggested that it refers to natural birth, like a, when a woman's waters break, and, and a spiritual birth. But this seems highly unlikely because the phrase born of water and spirit is used in parallel to the phrase born again in verse 3. You put up verse 3 quickly. Next one. 
So in verse 3, it says, No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Which is in parallel to verse 5, which says, No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. So to be born again is to be born of water and spirit. So others have suggested uh, that the, the, the water is referring to water baptism and the spirit is referring to spiritual baptism. And, and, and of course, this makes a lot of sense. If you go to the next one and then the next one. Uh, John the Baptist in John chapter 1, he actually says that he was baptizing with water, but Jesus would be baptizing with the spirit. And so that makes a lot of sense. However, others uh, say, no, it actually means uh, a spiritual cleansing and spiritual renewal, new life. That the, the water is referring to spiritual cleansing and the spirit is referring to spiritual renewal, new life. And, and they point out that whenever water is mentioned, virtually whenever water is mentioned in the Gospel of John, it's always a symbol for the spirit. And we see this in, in John chapter 7. In verse 37 to 39, Jesus says that anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by this, he meant the spirit on whom those who believed in him were later to receive. And so they claim that the, the, the phrase water and spirit is an echo to Ezekiel chapter 36. Something that Nicodemus, the professor of divinity, would not miss. Uh, we, see, we read from verse 25 to 27. God says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. This is what it means to be born again. This is what it means to be born of water and spirit. God is going to come and wash your heart, cleanse your heart, and, and give you a new heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean? Does it mean water baptismal cleansing and, and uh, spiritual renewal? What does it mean? Well, I think it means both. Uh, you know, in, in the early church, they didn't separate water baptism from, from spiritual baptism. When you put your faith in Jesus, you were baptized in water and you were baptized in the Spirit at the same time. It was one and the same event. Today, we've obviously split those two events uh, as two separate. And so uh, uh, Jenny and, and, and Katie and Babs have already been baptized in the Spirit. And, and in a little while, we're going to be baptizing them in water as a way of symbolizing that spiritual baptism that's already taken place in their life. How can we be born again? Is it by trying harder, working really harder? No. That's like trying to climb back into your mother's womb and being born again. It's impossible. It's merely papering over the cracks. Because the problem is much deeper. The problem is the problem with our heart. 
with the selfishness and the greed in our heart. And so what we need is a new heart. We need to be born again. And, and the way we do that is by first problem, that our hearts are selfish and greedy. And secondly, we need to look to Jesus. We need to confess us to Jesus. We need to ask Jesus to forgive us and to cleanse us. And then thirdly, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to indwell us. We need the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and to purify us and give us a new heart, a kind heart, a generous heart, a loving heart, a heart that is quick to forgive and full of compassion. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to come into us and transform us from the inside out. And water baptism symbolizes all of that. For when you go down into the water, it's a way of symbolizing that you are dying. You're going into like a watery grave. You are dying to your old selfish way of living. And going into the water symbolizes that being washed clean, having your heart purified. And as you come up out of the water, it's as if you've been born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so in a moment, Babs and Jenny and Katie are going to come forward. John chapter 1. And verses 12 to 13 says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Thank you for watching. For more information, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.